Some brands offer you low finance or cashback or servicing. Renault don't do ors. We do ands. The Renault Kajar with 1.91% APR and €1,000 cashback and three years servicing, saving you thousands. Renault, the brand with the ands. Visit your local Renault dealer. Finances made under a higher purchase agreement. Terms and conditions apply. Deposit required. Subject to lending criteria. See Renault.ie. Welcome to another podcast by InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC Sports, your home for Tar Heel football, basketball, and recruiting. I'm your host, Tommy Ashley, joined by Ross Martin and Greg Barnes. They've been at Carolina Basketball Media Day. Hard to believe, gentlemen, we are at that point. And now, when Media Day happens, Carolina's 11, 12 practices deep. Greg, a lot of talk about the NCAA and the FBI and all at the press conference and with the players, but we're going to stick to basketball in this show. The team, to be honest, it is a little shocking to me uh, or weird maybe to see North Carolina without Kennedy Meeks and Isaiah Hicks out there. Uh, It's been a while since that's happened. Your take overall on what you saw, at least just from a, a physical standpoint of the returners. Well, I mean, even not even the returners. I mean, we could talk about the, the young guys in that in that manner because, yeah, I mean, the returners we know what they look like. They they look like the same old guys, and uh, I think Luke Mays filled out a little bit more. Uh, but you know, I mean, Seventh Woods uh, he's filled out a little bit, but Barry's Barry, Pinson's Pinson, and as as Roy Williams said, and I think this is. It's overused, but in this situation, it's, it's perfect. You know, we, we look really good walking into an airport. <laughs> and I think that's spot on because when we sat down to watch these guys go through practice and we were able to watch the entire practice, uh, you know, Sterling Manley is a big kid. Brandon Huffman is a big kid. You know, Garrison Brooks is not as big as those two guys, but he's a, a solid-sized kid. I mean, this is not Bryce Johnson as a, as a freshman on the court. This is not Desmond Hubert, you know, as a freshman or sophomore out there. I mean, these are these are big dudes. And so physically, they look the part. And I think that may be a little bit of an issue for fans because they'll see these kids and say, oh, they're 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 ready to roll. But that that's not the case. And we can we could talk about that more. But in terms of the physical stature uh, I think Roy Williams has done a good job with these kids and you know the, the kids that he's recruited and brought in. And while they may not be you elite five-star guys that can come in and make a huge difference right away, they're going to be able to provide some physicality. And that's something with some of his previous uh, post-recruits that's been lacking at times. And it's taken him a couple years to kind of get up to speed in the, in the weight room. Uh, that's, that's not going to be an issue with these guys. Ross, looking at the pictures that I saw in some of the video from late night, Brandon Huffman, now a friend of mine coached him in high school. He was a monster then. He looks like he still is. Um, Your take on him and and Manley and Garrison Brooks. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the major storyline coming into this season, you know, which one of these freshman big men can can step up and and can step into a starting role and and take over some of that production they're going to miss from. Kenny Meeks, Isaiah Hicks, and, and Tony Bradley, because that's a lot of rebounds and points and minutes that these guys are going to have to replace. Obviously, there's the thought of a small lineup. 
but yeah, I mean, with, with the freshman big man, um, yeah, Huffman, you know, he's going to be that dunker, kind of that big man inside. You can grab rebounds. You can block shots. He's, he's pretty athletic in terms of, you know, having a, some, a quick leaping ability. He's not bulky yet, but he has the frame to add some serious bulk. I mean, I cover the guy's recruitment. Great kid. I mean, people are going to love him. He's, he's super positive, friendly, outgoing, huge smile. And uh, But it's going to take him a little while to kind of get into the offense and, and like all these big men, kind of know what really expects on defense and on offense. But he's going to be a dunker who doesn't shoot much outside of uh, you know five to ten feet and, and does most of his work around the basket. So definitely a, a three, four-year player that um, I think fans will really enjoy. And I think he has a chance to be to pre- pretty good when he's a junior and senior at UNC and, and be serviceable. In year one, you know, somebody who can come off the bench as, as a second or third option and get you, you know, eight or 10 minutes and a couple boards, a couple fouls and maybe a basket or two. But um, it was pretty clear from talking to players and with Roy Williams that Garrison Brooks is going to be the freshman big man that likely starts the game for UNC alongside Luke May. He's the more highly rated prospect of the three, clearly more developed offensively, a little bit quicker, more mobile, kind of more of a a power forward in that sense um, has a nice outside shot that Greg and I observed on Tuesday and just everyone, everyone just says he's just more developed and, and more, I guess, college ready in terms of physicality and technique and those kind of things. So, and I think Sterling Manley is, is a year away from really contributing in any way for this team. Um, you know, he broke both his legs a year or so ago and he's, he hasn't played a lot of basketball, but he's the biggest of the three really long and so has that length that can develop into a, a solid big man down low down the line but just he doesn't have the endurance right now and, and doesn't really look the part and how he moves to fit into uh to what unc needs this year yeah and he hadn't passed all of his running tests so that that'll be interesting to see how quickly it takes or it takes him to, to be able to do that greg when you look at garrison brooks i mean like ross said he's Maybe more of a four. Roy Williams loves the traditional two bigs lineup. Um, and looking who trotted out there first at the practice, y'all observe Brooks, Johnson, and May across the front line. Cam Johnson, of course, more of a wing than either May or Brooks. So who does Roy Williams stick down underneath traditional center role? It's got to be Brooks, doesn't it? Uh, I, I don't think so initially. I, I think it's going to have to be Luke May if he goes with that lineup, even though Luke is, is probably. You know, more of the perimeter option, but Luke's a bigger kid. He's he's played. Uh, he's got 25 pounds on Brooks, and he's a little bit shorter. Uh, so, you know, in the in the perfect setting, Brooks would be the guy that could play center. But yeah, I think May would be the the option there. And that that more than anything, Tommy speaks to the need for Huffman or even Manley to to show dramatic improvement quickly. Um, I, I agree with Ross. I think Manley is probably the furthest away of that trio. So that kind of leaves you with Huffman. And Huffman's a big kid. I, you know, I think a lot of people are going to like Huffman. A lot of a lot of the players kind of referenced him, compared him to Theo in terms of personality. He, he cuts up a lot, and uh, they'll like him for that. And then the fact that he just kind of goes after everything. I mean, he is, <laughs> he is <laughs> such an aggressive dunker. It's uh, it's comical at times. It's like it's like flying through the air <laughs> and then like pulling on the rim and just shaking it and then releasing it. <laughs> I mean, two, every time. 
Yeah, Roy and Theo both think he's going to break a, a basket before he leaves Chapel Hill. He, I mean, seriously, he, he dunked a couple balls in practice, and, like, the entire team just erupted. <laughs> uh, wanting to see if he's going to bring a goal down. So fans are going to love that aspect of him. He's got a very quick initial burst off the floor, can jump jump pretty high, very explosive. So I think it's one of those interesting dynamics where Garrison Brooks is, by all accounts, is further ahead than the other two. So he's going to be more ready to play. But you're going to get into some games where when you got Brooks and you've got Luke down there, if there's like a legitimate big, that could be a problem. And so then you say, okay, well, Hoffman, you're 6'10", 250. You can jump through the roof. Just come in here, play defense. Don't shoot anything outside of three feet <laughs> uh, and, and give us give us some good minutes. And I think that's what you ultimately would like to see. I think that's for, for North Carolina to be at their best. Let's put it like that. By the end of the season, Brandon Huffman probably needs to be seeing a lot of minutes. And then if you have May at the four, then you can rotate Brooks in and you can get you can you can mix and match and all those kind of things. And that's not even talking about you know, going small. So um, uh, I do think Luke's probably going to start out at the five for serious stretches, but we'll see how that how that transpires. I think what's going to help Huffman is is his personality. I mean, he he's going to be able to take the coaching and and approach it in a positive manner, and that kind of demeanor that we that we've seen and I've seen through recruiting. That's going to play well for him because he's going to have to learn a lot. And I think that attitude will will help him moving forward. And yeah, I think Greg hit, hit it on the um, the nail on the head there. You know, in in, in March and, and late February, you know, you're gonna need games where Huffman comes in and, and grabs six boards and you know six points and kind of is a defender and a stopper late in games. And so that's kind of I think what Roy and the staff can kind of trend towards. So when it really matters, Huffman will be ready. Or the thought is that Huffman can be ready or could be ready down the line. So what y'all are saying is that not too many Carolina fans will be yelling at Huffman to dunk the basketball like they've done for the past four years. No, none of the uh, none of the Kennedy Meeks dunk the basketball or, or Justin Jackson. You don't have to worry about that with uh, with Huffman. Duly noted. Uh, let's talk about Cameron Johnson. I mean, when he finally got cleared to come to Carolina, Greg, I think a lot of folks thought that he would step straight into the Justin Jackson role, maybe a better shooter than Jackson, but Justin Jackson was awfully special last year. Um, what are the similarities in their game that you've seen thus far? Probably the shooting and their size. I think that more than anything is where people are going to draw those comparisons. I haven't seen enough of Cam, and I watched him when he was at Pitt, but I haven't seen enough to suggest that he's a guy that's going to fill that role that Justin had of, of slicing and, and really doing a good job of kind of working his way to the basket. And Justin wasn't like that his entire career. Remember, I mean, he was a guy that was uh, a little, a little shy. Um, he kind of strayed away from contact for you know, most of his first year and a good part of his, his second year. And it was really last year that he kind of emerged as that, that kind of attacking wing. Um, but I think Johnson's more of a, uh, more of a shooter. But he is a good shooter, and uh, he can do some things on the break that that'd be very beneficial. You know, Ross had mentioned uh, earlier about who, – who'd you say it was? It was uh, Theo talking about being able to penetrate and kick out to – Yeah, Th- Theo said he could kind of – in practice, he just you know, cut through the basket and then he had Joel Berry on one side and 
and Cameron Johnson on the other side. That luxury of having just two knockdown three point shooters is was crazy to him that they have that those two guys on our team. And it seems like Johnson can just shoot the lights out. We saw some already, just a silky, smooth shooter that. I mean, I think he's probably already a better shooter than Jackson was, just if you just look at their stats and you kind of look at his form and how he was knocking down in practice today. Yes, yeah, so I don't know that I don't know that he's going to be that that slashing type, but yeah. fills a an important role, and that opens up Kenny Williams and Theo and uh, Julie Felton as well to be able to to, to really attack to help uh, Joel Berry in that regard. I mean, J- Jackson was so good at those baseline floaters, even as a freshman yep. in that mid-range game. And I mean, his offensive game was so diverse. And I think, we, I mean, obviously, yeah, like you said, we haven't really seen Johnson kind of in the offense in a live game scenario, but he's going to be more on the perimeter than, than Jackson was, I think. Yeah, and Justin Jackson, it took a while, but then he, when he got it in his head to take over, he certainly was able to do that last year. Y'all mentioned Jalik Felton, Ross. This is a a guy that a lot of th- people are saying is a you know could be a one and done and all the the fancy talk. But talk a little <laughs> bit about his game and what he brings to this team this season. Carolina could use a dynamic scorer. They have people that can put the ball in the basket. What does Felton add? You think this year? Yeah, I mean, I think dynamic scorer is a good way to put it. I think he is has maybe the most natural talent of anybody on this team as a freshman, but harnessing that talent within UNC's system and the focus you need on both sides of the court and, uh, and defense is going to be a struggle for him. Roy Williams had a great quote kind of raving about him, but then saying that he doesn't focus enough. He doesn't work hard enough. He doesn't have the defense yet. So those are things he's going to have to learn quickly and has already started. You know, he came in late, so he is a little bit behind in terms of, where most of the freshmen would be in terms of, I guess, just reps within the system because he had a little academic issue that he got resolved and, and just enrolled, you know, enrolled in time to start as a freshman. You know, he's going to be a backup point guard, I think. Him and, and Seventh Woods will compete for minutes there. It looks like even Felton has jumped maybe Woods there. I, I'm not I'm not so, so sure on that, but that's what it kind of looks like. Um, and then we saw Felton at point guard in kind of UNC's, um, you know, starting lineup essentially or one of their primary lineups with Joel Berry the two so I think we'll see that I think he plays well into what what UNC can do in transition maybe not as great of a shooter now but more of a slasher and has that leaping ability and ability to get to basket that has taken players like Pinson and Berry a couple years to to get the hang of so yeah it just brings another option and a different option that complements you know, what Barry can do and what Johnson can do and what Kenny Williams can do. You know, Jalik's more of a slasher and, and score at the rim where Kenny Williams and Johnson are maybe more of the three-point shooters. So that's a nice difference in their roles and how they'll be able to play together within the offense. So I think players should be, uh, fans should be excited for him and what he can bring. And obviously it's one of the guys that we've been waiting to see for almost three years because he committed back in December of 2014. Greg, if he doesn't play defense and doesn't commit on that end, he's not going to play for Roy Williams. And <laughs> and Williams spoke about that, didn't he, on, at media day or has thus far, and his teammates have as well, haven't they? Yeah, I mean, that's the that's the, the big thing with Roy is, uh, and especially I think with this team on the perimeter, uh, you've got guys like you know, Kitty Williams, who is a, he's he's a veteran now, he's a third-year guy. Roy loves him some Kenny Williams just because, I mean, Kenny uh, is a gritty kind of guy, and he can knock down some shots, but he's he's a, a really good defender. 
And you know, Roy likes that kind of player. And so on the other hand, you have Jalik, and it's really a situation of, okay, guy's got immense talent. As Roy said, he's probably the most gifted player on the team. But he's got to learn how to understand the game. He's got to learn how to work hard. He's got to understand how to play defense. As, as Roy joked, you know, when we say defense, uh, he thinks we're talking about some fence over there. And uh, <laughs> that's, that's part of the learning curve. And I think with Felton, and, and probably because of the relation to, to Raymond, Roy is going to be probably really tough on him uh, to try to harness that because he's got a little bit of leeway because he can play him at the one and let Joel slide over to the two, which is what you know, Roy did with, uh, with Marcus and Joel when, when Joel first came in. So you have a, a steady and presence there with, with Barry. And so Felton's going to have Roy in one ear and Joel in the other ear trying to get him reined in. But his talent level is, is so extreme and, and so solid that you're going to have to deal with some of the ups and downs, I think. Roy doesn't have to play him, and he's got enough options where he doesn't have to, especially early. And he can, he can make a point time and time again if he wants to yank Jalik out of a game. But I think in order for this team to get to where they want to go, which is a deep run in March, they're going to need Felton to grow up quickly. And they're going to need him, you know, by ACC season, to be playing consistently and with a lot of effort. And so it's going to be a lot of yin and yang uh, activity with Roy, trying to push the buttons while encouraging him and, and all these different types of things. So that's going to be one of the bigger challenges for Roy. Not quite as big as the post ordeal, but I think he knows there's enough talent there with Felton that he can really help this team do some good things. I think the big thing, I think we'll obviously get into this is with the small lineups, is, is how much some of these guys can rebound, the smaller players. You know, we talked about Cam Johnson, Kenny Williams a little bit now, Angelique Felton. You know, if they can contribute on the boards, that's going to earn them a lot more playing time because then really can be a lot more flexible in terms of how they use them and, and when to go small and how to go small with a guy like Jalik in there and, and Barry, because Barry's a pretty good, pretty good rebounder too. You know, we know Pinson can rebound. I think Kenny Williams and Johnson, what they can contribute. It's going to be a theme all season is, is whether UNC's smaller lineup is good enough offensively to, to compensate for maybe a lack of rebounding or if they can rebound. So that's obviously one of the kind of the storylines that go along with the, the fresh and big man and, and the smaller lineups and what uh, coach and staff are going to do there. Yeah, good points there. You do not want to be the player that Wanda had one less rebound. <laughs> and, right. and I think Justin Jackson was that guy quite often early. We see how that turned out. When we come back from break, we're going to talk about Joel Berry, Theo Pinson, Kenny Williams, some of the upperclassmen, and maybe some of their leadership that helps pull these young guys along. Ross, I'll start with you this time. I mean, Joel Berry and Theo Pinson, Roy Williams, at least from the outside looking in, and I want y'all's opinion, could not have a better set of leaders, senior leaders, upper-class leaders, than he has for this team Coming off a national championship, they've done it. There's nothing, nobody can look at them and say anything other than they know exactly what they're talking about, exactly what it takes to win a championship. Your take on how important that's going to be, especially early in the season for these young guys, Ross. Yeah, I mean, I think you nailed it. I mean, Joel Berry and Theo Pinson, great leaders, great guys. You know, they lead vocally and by example. 
that's been huge for some of these young freshman guards and getting the big man and bringing them along as well. You know, some of these freshmen probably look at Barry and Pinson as like celebrities because they were in two Final Fours and cut down the nets last year. And so that's got to carry some weight. I think a big thing with those guys, and I kind of thought about that today after talking with Pinson and for and, and Barry as well over the last couple of years, is they're so confident. They know what to do. They're confident in their abilities. They're confident in what coach likes to likes to run, and they trust in what and what Roy likes to do. So, yeah, it's huge that they know um, that everything that, that goes on in terms of practice and scheme and, and stressing rebounding and stressing defense and and lineup changes, all that is has a purpose, has a has a goal in mind, and that's obviously to to be there at the end in, in March, and that's huge. And and I mean, it's unbelievable how important Barry is to this team. He stirs the drink. He's going to be playing, you know, 32, 33, 34 minutes a game, maybe even more, just because he can do everything. He can defend. He can he can score. He can pass. He's a leader. He's a greedy defender as well. And you know, that's the one guy this team cannot afford to lose because of, of all the things he do, he's done and just how tough he is for this team. And then I, I'm really excited to see what Pinson can do this year. You know, Johnson kind of took a little weight off him in terms of scoring. But I think he can step into a, a little bit more of a, a role down low in terms of scoring and be more versatile that way. Um, and obviously, he could lead this team in assists and, and contribute a lot defensively and, and down low. So I mean, these guys are huge. It's, it's the two returning starters. Um, you can't really say enough about how much they mean to this team. And it's it's kind of a it's, – it's, it's their last year and, and how they want to go out. I know Pinson's talk about, a lot about legacy and Barry as, as well. So – it's kind of it for them, and obviously they're going to want to end on a high note. Greg, two things there. They're both dogs. And Greg Ross, Greg has listened to me enough to know that every I believe every team needs at least one nasty dog, and Barry and Pinson, Greg, give Roy Williams that. And then on the trust issue, they trust Roy Williams, but I think Roy Williams trusts them, Greg. Don't you think – to do exactly what he wants in any given situation. And that's rare in this day of one and done, two and done, to have these guys have been there, been through the fires, lost it in the worst way possible, won it, and now they're back. Yeah, I mean, and you know, with, with Joe Barry, if, if you ever have any questions about toughness or heart or effort or any of those things, I mean, Joe Barry – answers all those questions i mean you know and i think the the big thing about that is that that kind of thing's infectious you know i talked with sean may recently sat down with him and we talked about hansbro and how hansbro just brought energy and he brought effort every single day and everybody around the program not just the players but everybody fed off of that and it helped those teams become really good and Joel's not the energizer bunny that, that Tyler was, but he is tough as they come. And that really, uh, that kind of really showed itself last year towards the end of the year. And I think, I think that is going to be very beneficial for this entire team. And I think that bodes well for the post guys because Barry will go in there. He will fight you for a rebound. And so those guys are going to have to be tough down there to, to be able to deal with that. And that's just the mindset. And we've talked about that a lot over years, Tommy. And I, I think Joel, more than anybody, brings that toughness. Now with Theo, I think Theo is, is a unique leader. And I think you know, Barry is too. But I think Theo is kind of a unique guy just in terms of his personality, how he approaches things. I, I thought it was hilarious that Roy's mic fell down 
just by chance. And what does Roy do? Immediately, he looks under the table and starts going, Theo! Theo! And everybody <laughs> knew what he was talking about. And so that speaks to kind of that relationship that Roy has with him. So Roy's got two unique guys here, and he does trust them. They, they've been through the battles with him. He knows what to expect out of them. He probably has uh, more confidence in Barry. He can just let Barry do what Barry wants to do. You know, Theo's still a little wild at times. But I think when you put those two guys together, where they really help you on the court beyond, uh, beyond just leadership, is that Barry is not really your traditional Roy Williams point guard, and that he's not a guy that's going to pile up a bunch of assists. He's going to pile up a bunch of points. But Theo um, is a little bit different as a wing in that he very much is a facilitator. And so he takes some of that weight off of Joel in terms of being a good passer. Uh, and so they kind of play off each other that way, and this is an interesting dynamic, which I think will help this team a lot. And then I think when you factor in Jalik, he's a he's a playmaker too. He can score, and he's got good court vision. And so now if you're talking about he's on the court with Barry and Pinson, you have a ton of talent with playmaking ability, a, a savvy, tough kid in Barry, and then a facilitator and kind of a really good gregarious leader in Pinson you got a lot to work with. And so I think if you had to pick guys to kind of start your team with, Barry and Pinson are probably the kind of guys that you want to do it. Um, and I think that's going to go a long way, and that's really going to help this team throughout the year. Hey, Greg, how do you kind of see Pinson's offense playing out this year? And kind of how does that relate to what Barry does and what Williams can do and, and what Johnson and, uh, and Felton can do? I mean, that's a lot of talent and a lot of scoring on perimeter. I mean, how do you see all that kind of – working out as we get into basketball season here? Well, I think more than anything, Penson's versatility allows you to do a lot of different things. You know, I, I think Johnson, uh, you look at his height and say, well, maybe he can play the four. And I'm sure he's probably working at the four some during preseason practice just to see if he can actually do it. But I would imagine, especially early and probably most of the year, if they go small, it's going to have to be Penson at the four. Yeah. So he gives you versatility there. But, I mean, you know, Penson can play the two because the two and three are you know, relatively interchangeable. So that's going to be a, a key component. So he can play alongside Kenny Williams. Uh, you know, if Barry comes in at the two, if Felton's at the one, then he can play the three, no problem. He can guard that level player. And then if Johnson's in the game, he could also play the two or the four. And so I think just versatility more than anything. But like he told you with the you know, penetrating and being able to kick out, he is that facilitator. And so, you know, May's a good passer down low as well. So uh, while the, the offense always goes through the point guard in the system, they can use it to really you know, go through Penson some too and let him kind of direct things and, and kind of be the, the secondary point guard, if you will. And I think that's really how they're going to use him. The, the interesting dynamic, of course, is we know Roy you know, loves the Kenny Williams type of player. So he's going to see a lot of playing time. Barry obviously is going to play. Johnson's going to play because he's a great wing. And then Pence is going to play a lot. So just that right there says, well, they're either going to play a lot of small lineup or they're going to have to deal with some unique rotations. And so that, that more than anything is going to be interesting to me is if they go with a traditional lineup, which one of those four guys is not on the court? And we know it's not going to be Barry. So out of Williams, Pinson, and, and Johnson, who who loses playing time there, and uh, uh, that's going to be something we're we'll have to watch because I don't I don't know what the answer is there. 
Yeah, I think Pinson's going to kind of take that power forward or four role. You know, it's a heart. He said he enjoys guarding big men. He has that kind of brute physicality downloaded to get some rebounds. He showed that against Florida State last year when he matched up with their center. So he's going to, I think, take that as a big challenge and, and be a, can be a force down there if they uh, need him to be. Is Luke May a starter on this team this year, Greg, do you think? I know he's certainly earned um, that if it happens, but do you think given everything you've just talked about with rotations and bodies available, and we can assume maybe no big man steps up, no freshman big man steps up. So then, yes, Luke May is a starter. But if one of those guys comes along and Roy Williams is comfortable with him, does Luke May still start or do you bring him off the bench? I I don't see any way that Luke May does not start. I, I think, you know, let's say let's say that you know, Brandon Huffman and Garrison Brooks elevate their play tremendously between now and February 1. That's a really good development for North Carolina. But you don't have the veteran leadership in the post that Luke May can bring you, and you don't have the flexibility of having a guy that can go out on the perimeter and knock down a shot uh, and, and maybe guard somebody. So I have, a, I have a really difficult time this year seeing Luke not being a key component in the post. Luke's going to have to be huge for this team. I mean, he's going to have to get rebounds, you know, yeah. average close to 8 to 10 rebounds a game. He's going to have to defend, you know, 6'10", 6'11 guys. He's going to have to contribute some interior scoring. He's going to have to stay out of foul trouble. I mean, he, I mean, he's one of the more important players. If we, you know, if everything we think he can be, he is, he's going to have to, you know, be that guy because we can't, you know, I, I'm saying we, I mean, it's, it, it's hard to trust a guy like Garrison Brooks who we've never seen and the next biggest guy that has the talent to play is Luke May and he's pushing six, eight, but we know that he can do some stuff and he's proven that, but I mean, he doesn't have to be a big time player for this team to be, you know, close to where they were last year. All right, Greg, it's not a football podcast, but there's predictions, uh, starting lineup on day one on November 10th, which is what, uh, three, uh, four weeks away, which is incredible. But yep. Starting lineup. Starting lineup. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this is going to be easy. This is going to be easy. Okay, it's probably going to be the same. I'm going to go ahead and say no, it's probably going to be the same. No, 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 we're not doing that now. Jason Staples no. and Greg. Should Warren. I take my headphones right. off so I don't so, see legs? Yeah. So Joel Berry, right? That's that's not a reach. <laughs> Kenny Williams, because Kenny Williams plays defense. Theo Penson, because Theo's a veteran. Garrison Brooks, because he is furthest along right now of the bigs and then Luke May likely at the five. Whew. All right, I got a different one. Is it my turn, Tommy? Yep, your turn. All right, Joel Berry, um, Theo Pinson, Cam Johnson, Garrison Brooks, Luke May. I just think that you know, Kenny, I mean, he's coming off injury. You know, Cam Johnson transferred in that three-point shooting, I think. But I think Kenny's the first man off the bench there. But I'm going with uh, Joel, Theo, Cameron, Garrison, Luke. I'm going to have to go with Ross, Greg. I really am. Because I, I, think, I think Cam Johnson's going to start. And I think Kenny Williams is a good sixth six man. Uh, I mean, I just you know think... that Kenny Williams was the starter last year for half 20, the year. To be games, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm aware. Okay. But also, they... Uh... On a national championship team, he was a starter for half the year. All right. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just. I'm just saying. All right. Cam and, since, since Cam and Kenny on, are kind 
Ham and Kenny are kind of similar players, I would assume, in kind of what their role is on this team. It's kind of so like, it's going to be who plays defense the best. So you may have a point with Kenny Williams being that guy. I don't. I haven't watched Cam Johnson enough to know. I know Pittsburgh played defense though, and I know that uh, they were rugged. Sucked. Yeah. Oh, wait a minute now. Pittsburgh used to be good. <laughs> Not last year. <laughs> what? Um. All right. Since y'all are on a roll, being all saucy with me, Ross, who leads the team in scoring, and how much? Uh, Joel Berry, you know, 17 points All per right. game. Greg? Uh, yeah, uh, this is Berry's team. And so I'll, uh, I don't think he's quite at 20. So yeah, I'll say, uh, 16 points. Rebounding. I, I think, I do, hang on, hang on. I do, I will say this. <laughs> I think there's going to be, I think there's probably going to be at least four guys in double digits, and probably all of them will be on the perimeter. Yeah, I think Cam Jaws has a chance to to be up in 15, 16 range. All right, rebounding. I think yeah. uh, Luke May leads the team in rebounding. I think uh, Theo Pence has a chance to be number two in rebounding. All right, Luke May, how many rebounds? Oof, 7.5. <laughs> this is so arbitrary. What are you I know, this is random, but nah, this is what we do. Double digits for May. Luke rebounding double digit rebound. No way. No He's way. He's gonna have to. He's I'll gonna have, who's bet. gonna get the rebounds? I'll take that bet right now. Okay, look, I'll tell you, and I told you this earlier, Ross. If UNC does not rebound the basketball, there will be two bigs in there at all times. Roy Williams will not stand for it if this team does not rebound the the basketball. And what so was the because last of time that, Roy it, Williams team got beat on the rebounding for a season. Has it ever happened? No, but that, if you go back to 2012-13, when he went small, he complained the entire time because after he went small, they got beat on the boards all the time. Yeah, it's just hard to rebound it above. I mean, it's hard to rebound double digits. This is so hard over the course of the season. I, I will say that if Luke May averages like 12 or 13 and 10, he's going to be second team all ACC at worst. Greg. Oh, crazy. He won't rebound. He won't average more than nine rebounds. God, nine. He can get one more you know, in his sleep. All right. Uh, now nah, we'll leave the predictions there. I can't think of anything else good to ask. I would say assist, but I think that's Pinson. Surprise player, Greg. That's a good one. Um, We're reaching here, folks. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Hoffman. Um, Ooh. A lot of a lot of potential there, and if Roy can get him reined in, and Roy does that very well. I think by the end of the year, he could be a kid that a lot of people are talking about. Best comparison for Huffman. Uh, I mean, he sounds a lot like a, a young Brandon Haywood, but. He, yeah, I mean, I, I think that's probably fair. If, um, he's, if he's mean, that's, that doesn't really fit. Yeah, I mean, other than personality-wise. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think that's probably a, a fair most recently that I can think of, North Carolina-wise anyway. Yeah. But if you give me give me five minutes of uh, an on, I can probably think of somebody that plays in the ACC. <laughs> well, I edited it out, and it sounded like you just came up with it. Uh, Ross, surprise player before we break this one off. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of hard to, you know, to find surprise. I like the Huffman pick. I mean, I'll say a guy we haven't talked about. I think Brand Robinson has a chance to come in and, you know, make some plays. You showed flashes last year. Obviously, he's going to be a little bit better, a little stronger, a little more well-versed in the system. Good kid, so it's gonna be hard for him to break into the lineup. Is my only reservation there, but um, 
think Brian Robson, you know, has has some moments and some games where he scores you maybe in the nine to ten range and comes in to make a couple plays. But is that really a surprise? I mean, I don't really know. Don't would, know. would Felton be a surprise pick? I don't, it's hard to define what yeah, is a surprise. He, you know? he would not be a surprise pick. Yeah. yeah, I think if you're in Roy Williams' top eight, maybe top nine, you're not really a surprise gotcha. player. And I think Felton's, what, top seven out the gate, Greg? So eight, yeah. yeah. it'll be interesting to watch. He'll play a ton of players, at least early, but it always gets narrowed down. Um, health and defense, two things to watch as the season progresses. Guys, I know I drug y'all through the weeds there, but it was fun anyway. Ross, Greg, appreciate you joining me. All right, see you, Tommy. Thanks, Tommy. Thanks for listening to InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC sports, your home for Tar Heel football, basketball, and recruiting.